Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hello and welcome. I'm Erin Cuthbert, footballer for Chelsea and the Scotland national team, and you're listening to the Blue Day podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. Yes, folks, this is the Blue Day podcast, and for Chelsea fans everywhere, every day is a blue day. I am your host, Keith Lawrence, and joining me again this week is a good friend of the show. He's a good friend for Chelsea Football Club, and he's a hard man when it came to being the Chelsea defender. Here is Steve Wick. Steve, welcome back on the show. How are we? It's, it's nice to talk about a win for a change. It's been a long time. It's been the longest time for a long time. Our first win this year as well to boot, we have, we have yeah. to say. Yeah. It's only well, taken two weeks, but it's our first win this year. Well, I'll tell you what, mate, it was a long... When they said there was, well, I think I said seven minutes of... The, seven every, minutes of injury time. Every I was up in the West End Upper. Everyone's going, where the hell has he got seven minutes from? Yeah. Where has he got seven minutes from? And you're like, oh, here we go again. And then that's when Palace had that little bit of pressure. They caused yeah. us a little bit of problems. Zaha was a, it was his regular self, non-existent. But we were, uh, I wouldn't say lucky. We we did deserve the win. But my goodness, it was it was quite hard fought and bit very dogged to watch. Yeah, well, when you're having a bad run. It becomes like that. It becomes a dogfight, doesn't it? it? You know, and and listen, that win was so important for everyone. It was a lift for everyone, and we all needed a lift. Everyone involved with the club, um, yeah. And uh, a win's a win, as you say. Very important game. Now we've got to keep it going. Well, we've got a small matter of Liverpool on Saturday at Anfield. Call me barking mad. I think we can beat them. Well, I'm not saying we will, but I think we can because yeah. Liverpool are struggling at the moment. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are, but but never write off Liverpool at Anfield, Keith. No, never. absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I think it will be an interesting test for Moyes 2.0. It will be interesting who he starts. 
And who actually signs between now and Saturday? And yeah. who he comes in? Well, it all depends. Club wants a player, and we're trying to hijack him, just buy him. You know, we've we've done that the last two signings. You know, Man City want you know Kukurea, but they're not perfect. Well, we're paying a couple of you know twenty million pound more. Hang on, get... hang on, hang on. Let me pause you one there. What was the name that you gave him yesterday when we we was on the phone? No, it wasn't Kukurea. It's Cinderella. Cinderella. Say it right, yeah, good man. But, you know, it, it, it's like this guy, you know, God Almighty. He's played in most of his football in probably the 12th best league in Europe. I worked it out today. And we're concerned about Dutch players coming over here and making it in, in the Premier League. And we're talking about a guy that's played in the uh, Ukrainian football league. What has he done that warrants 80 what? Five, 88 million? Eight, 88 million pounds is how much what, we've spent on him. What on earth is going on? And I hope I'm wrong. But I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, what has that guy done in world football that warrants that amount of money? And I can't for the life of me see it. Well, he's played less than 50 games. As a professional footballer, oh he's... sorry, Steve. It gets worse. He's know. he's got extraordinary talent. My, I hate to be negative because we signed a player, but obviously Arsenal wanted him. There was issues over the weekend about the fee. Arsenal weren't going to pay him what Shakhtar allegedly wanted. They weren't going to break the wage bank for him either. Us, on the other hand, with our lovely owner, who knows what he's doing, allegedly, um, decides, no, to hell with that. We'll give you what you want. But the thing that was interesting enough was the length of contract. A huge, well, multi, multi-year contract for Mudrick. And it, Sort of looking at the figures on this on this deal, Steve. A lot of performance-related bonuses on is on with that eighty-eight million pounds. So a large chunk of it will be paid if Chelsea win the Champions League, if they win the Premier League. But it was actually announced by Shakhtar that over twenty million of the eighty-eight fee will be donated to the Ukrainian soldiers and their families. Well, that's that's brilliant. But do you know what? That's probably the best thing about this deal hmm. is the fact that, you know, that I, I just can't believe, I just can't believe that my football club, from having the most professional owner who looked at everything and wouldn't get, wouldn't get taken for a ride financially. He was the most astute dealer, chairman. I think there ever has been, certainly at Chelsea. Well, there uh, were two players that we could have signed that said, and this was under Mourinho, there was two players, we, this was back in when we won the league, 2015. The summer of 2015, we was after two players in particular. I won't name them, but you might, if you remember certain stories that was banded around, you might sort of uh, take a guess. They did end up playing for Manchester United under Jose. That gives yeah. a bit of a clue. Yeah. But Jose wanted them at Chelsea. 
Chelsea said no because of the wage structure, because of how much money and whatnot. And I find it baffling and I find it staggering now that a lad who basically wanted to join Arsenal put it on his social media how much he loves Arsenal was raving about Arteta, Captain Black as a as, as a coach. And now all of a sudden he's at Chelsea. <laughs> I know I know the phrase money talks, but my goodness, don't it start moaning. Well, I just I just find it. You know, I'm chairman of Chelsea, right? And I'm looking at what's happening at my football club. We need, as a, a football team, a focal point, we need that number nine. That would be my unbelievable focus, is to get that number nine. Mm. Play Havertz in a 10, get a number nine, a focal point. I'd be looking at that and saying that is my number one prerogative, is to get that number nine. And I cannot believe, what I can't believe is we, we're signing a player that has played 50 games in the most, un, you know, if you look at that league and you look at, it's got to be. Well, there's only one team in that league and that's, and that's Shakhtar. So, yeah. So, yeah. so he played 50 games. They didn't qualify for the World Cup. So what is it? that makes him, you know, I look from what I hear, right? If there's one person from not my era, but from eras before, you're looking at a George Best, mm. right? Georgie Best was unbelievable. But Georgie Best knew what the first division in those days was like. And he, he took to it like a duck to, to water. This guy, he's going to have a major shot, a major shot. And do you know what? A wide player is not the prerogative that Chelsea should have sorted. Do you think, though, and I'm playing devil's advocate, and I was talking to this to somebody at the game yesterday, Real Madrid have signed a a couple of Brazilians recently for a lot of money, and again, yeah. they didn't play many games, but they, for me, they played in a better league. I do think the Brazilian league's better than the Ukrainian league, personally. Oh, but they were very young players, 17, 18 years old. They spent a lot of money, but it's taken them a while to get to that point where they are now star quality players. Vincentius Jr. and the youngster Rodrigo. Brought them in when they were quite young, 16, 17 years old. And Vincentius now is one of the, you know, one of the first names on Real Madrid's team sheet. I'm just thinking, are we looking at that particular model where we are buying players on namesake potential rather than what they've actually done? Is that well, the let me ask you a when it comes to scouting? Well, let me ask you a question. The only club, as I know it, that have gone in for this guy is Arsenal. Correct. If he's in, why haven't Real Madrid gone in for him then? Why haven't Barcelona gone in for him? The only club that I know that I've heard is interested in this guy is Arsenal. 
Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, well, and they said they weren't going to pay the money. So therefore, they don't think it's a good gamble to pay the full amount of money to get this player. We come in, mate, do you know what? Maybe with this American thing, money's not, not an issue. It's not an issue. But to me, how does that guy make our team on a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock better? Well, hopefully and he's I'll not lightweight what? as Ziyech and he's not made of glass like Pulisic. Well, wait a second. You know, Pulisic isn't a wide player, right? Ziyech oh. is a wide player, right? I know what you're going to say. But what I'm saying to you is through the World Cup, he showed a better side than what we've seen at Chelsea, which I find... I find unbelievable because that to me proves that he's not a good professional. Because whatever game right. you play in, you give everything and, and work your socks off. We haven't seen that from Zelich. But when he played for Morocco, he was a much and I'm, he was a much different player. Right? I think so love one, was I think love's the big thing for it. He obviously felt yeah. loved at Morocco. He doesn't feel yeah. loved at Chelsea. He, he started yesterday. I actually thought he didn't do that pad, to be honest. He put in a nu number of lovely balls in. And, yeah, he seemed he, he seemed quite positive. He still lost a ball at times. But I said to you, Steve, privately, but I think if you give him a run in the team between now and the end of the season, it seems he wants to go anyway. Give him the, give him the platform. Let's see the real Ziyech. Oh, either that or, you, or, or, or what you do is you, 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 having seen him in a World Cup and see what his potential might be, you might want to say, you know what? Let's have a meeting. Let's have a chat. Let's have a one-to-one. -one. You play like that, how you played in the World Cup for Chelsea, and I'll tell you, you'll be on the team sheet every day of the week. Oh. And, and get that man-to-man -man, you know, management to get the best out of him. But what we're doing is we are, and I've used the term, and it's so funny because I've heard it on TalkSport Radio many, many times, that we have a total scattergun approach to transfers. It's oh, God. At the moment, yeah, since Todd's turned is, up, yes. We, we have spent you £400 million. Pounds, 400, nearly, yeah, whatever it is. Four hundred million pounds. Has our team improved? Truth no. of the matter is, no. No, it hasn't improved. So, however, we have, we, we have we've signed the Brighton manager. We've got all the people that he had at Brighton in hmm. at Chelsea. They never spent eighty-eight million pounds in their lives. Eighty-eight million pounds was a budget for the whole of the team. So what I'm looking at is what is Chelsea Football Club and I think the situation is this. I think Graham Potter was asked to come into Chelsea 
I think he was told he'd have to deal with the players that they signed and that his say would be for certain players if he really believed in players yeah we have a look at them and if they're good enough we're, we're signing them but basically we're going to make some big signings and you've got to coach those players and coach them into a unit there's two ways to look at this we can all have a go at Graham Potter yesterday on TalkSport he said along the lines I can't remember the quite bit he said yeah I don't know quite where that came from uh, I don't know how that he said yeah but we signed him that to me is telling everybody right hold it a minute I've not been involved in this. Did you hear the interview? Not word for word, but I heard the gist of what was being yeah. said. Uh, and and it feel that Steve, it doesn't surprise me. Well, what I'm saying is, which is really important, is we're slagging off Graham Potter and we're having a go at him. And maybe we should do because he should have more balls and say, if this is this, you know, actually, no, I want to sign my players. I want to do it my way. I want to do it. But to me, I think Foley is having too big a say in something he does not know much about. And that's well, football, football in the Premier League. Todd's given the reins to the recruitment to the... You know, the 30-man recruitment team he's, he's got at the club now. So he's not having say on transfers. But when a manager slash coach, especially Moyes 2.0, comes out and says, you know, he wasn't really my signing, that don't surprise me because I've seen players become legends at the club that weren't the manager's signings. I've seen players that have been duds, been woeful that have only spent six months at the club that weren't the manager's signing. So, and that's not just a Bowley thing. That's not, it's, it's unfortunately, that's the catchphrase at Stamford Bridge. It's a Chelsea thing. We've always done it. Keith, Keith, let me ask you a question. Right. Fire away. Right. Would Ancelotti accept a player he doesn't want? Would Conte accept a player he doesn't want? Would Jose accept a player he doesn't want? I don't think so. That's why they didn't last. And I can yeah. name some of the players that, that they was thrown upon them. Who was the, uh, funny enough, who was Shevchenko? Was that not a big thing where the chairman signed him and Jose didn't want him? Was it Jose? Yeah. Roman wanted him. Yeah. Jose was asked, would you like him? Jose wasn't forthcoming with the Shevchenko deal. He did like him. Did From what I can gather, he did appreciate him, but it wasn't a... Jose signing. No. And that's the first, first one. Yeah. And then it started trickling to more when you had people that came into the club like Torres, when you had you know, other players as well, like Danny Drinkwater that come into the club and, yeah. you know, certain players. And then you've got, obviously, this day and age with the way things are and the way transfers are now, manage, the only two managers 
you could possibly say that has been successful, that has got, that has had say on transfers, is Klopp and Guardiola. Mm. In this country, I'm not talking about Europe and whatever. But, yeah. but is it a, is, is it uh, they are the most successful? So, what does that tell you? Exactly. What does that tell you? It tells you everything. Would Pep take someone that the chairman wanted? Absolutely no way over his dead body. Uh, would Klopp over his dead body? If he didn't give the rubber stamp, those two managers would not accept that player into that club. No, and in terms of Pep, and if Man City fans actually do listen to this, they're probably not, but they will probably try and find me. I still believe Man City need Pep more than Pep needs City. Oh, I, I totally so agree. So when it comes down to any decisions being made, they're not going to tread on Pep's toes and go, well, we make the decisions here around here, mate. Because they know if Pep goes, City are probably going to be where we are. City are going to be where Liverpool are. No, they won't. Well, I don't know. I think Pep, I think Pep will be a big miss. But in terms of the recruitment side, because they, then... If they got rid of Pep, they'd have to get one of the top three managers in the world. And they would do it. They'd go for it and they'd do it. Moyes 2.0, they can have him. Realize, what, what Foley do, uh, doesn't realise is that the biggest signing he makes, the biggest signing he makes is his manager. Is his manager. Well, so that's, far, it hasn't been a good one. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. The manager is the one that, 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 especially when you're naive in this game, he's the one that is the cement between the players and the boardroom. He's the one that will, you know, Pep had a, a huge amount of experience. So did Klopp. Going back on transfers a little bit, because I don't want this to be a rant on... Hey, can I just say something to you? Yes. Right. Feel free. You're Mason Mount, and you're earning 150 oh, grand okay. We're, all right. right? We, we will we'll talk have... about Mount now. Okay. A guy walks in from Ukraine in a league that's the equivalent to the, I don't know, the National League 2 in world football, right? I bet you... He's on more money than Mason Mount. Is that fair? Is that right? I don't want to speculate. I don't personally, I don't think he is. But again, there there is a reason why he is on a large amount of money because otherwise he would have broke Arsenal's wage structure. And that's not what the <laughs> Arsenal board wanted to do, bearing in mind where they are and they didn't want to rock the boat. I can imagine he's on a large chunk of money. If you are Mason Mount, and we've we've discussed this at length, Steve, about where his head is at, where Chelsea see him, where the fans see him, certain Chelsea fan bases don't like him, and I still don't get why. I know some that are perhaps too pro Mason Mount, but I think this is going to be a very extraordinary year for Mason in more ways than one. I think that this could be... A, a season where perhaps it could be his last for Chelsea. I don't think, and we've discussed this on the show before, Steve, that with certain players that have arrived at the club 
on what they're earning probably hasn't helped matters with Mason and his agent. Players' performances and how much they're earning probably hasn't helped Chelsea's calls in trying to persuade Mason to sign a contract. I think it'll be interesting what happens between now and the end of the season with Mason. But in terms of the team, and this is what I wanted to sort of touch on, especially with the transfers, where does Mason fit? Now, bear in mind between now and the end of the season, you're going to have Joe Felix up top because he's going to be playing every game because we're spending nearly 9, 10, 11 million pounds on a pissing loan fee. So he's going to be starting. And you then, you, with, then... with, his, with his performance at Fulham, I can see what we've signed. I can hmm. see there's a player there. There is there a player is, there. I, I have been a fan of his for a, for a while. There and... is a player there. And he was brilliant. He hmm. was brilliant. And do you know what? Frustration is a dreadful thing. And as a you know, professional football, you have to control it. But I think a lot of his, why he got sent off was his total frustration in terms of what he was trying to do. And it, it was just failing. It was just, it was just. What the hell have I done? Why am I here? I should be uh, back at Madrid. But, but do you know what? Of all the players that we've signed, seeing him play for 16 minutes of Fulham, I can understand. But the sad thing is, we haven't even got a deal where we can buy him. I know. I know. And all that That's money. Sad. Yeah. And we've got a deal where we can buy him. So you've got this, this fantastic player who looks a fantastic player. And do you know what's going to happen? Someone might do unto us what we've done to Arsenal and we've done to Man City. Someone like Real Madrid, Barcelona, will come in and snap him under our noses. Because we haven't secured the deal. And this is what I'm looking at from having the most professional football club that was run immaculately. We have now got a shambles. A shambles of a football club. And it's beginning to show with results, with the players, with, with, with everything. It's beginning to show. And that, to me, you pay that sort of money on a loan fee You've got to have that clause that says you have the first option to buy. I can't understand what's going on. And I feel so frustrated for my football club that, that I adore just throwing millions of pounds away. Millions of pounds. And I find that sad because if you had the right people in the right departments of that football club spending that sort of money, we should, as Chelsea fans, be sat here now saying, "Do you know what? I can see the what I can see the team. Oh God, we like, yeah, this is good. It's look, it's looking good. All we need now is maybe that and maybe that, but the team has the basis to be a good team. I think the team now looks worse than the start of the." Yeah, I, I think the team looks worse now than it did at the start of the season. We've got no firepower. We we play against Crystal Palace. First half we were quite fortunate to be, you know, not a goal down or two goals down. We have no firepower. 
we there's not going to be one player in our team that's going to get over 12 goals a season. And that's what, and it doesn't need a brain surgeon to look at the team and see what we need. Everyone in football will say the most important centre forward, centre midfield, centre back, goalkeeper. That's the basics of building a team. I said this to a few people. I've said it to you. I even actually had a very interesting discussion with somebody from Chelsea Fan TV who basically has given up on Havertz, said he's crap, said he's worthless, he's useless, all the phrases you'd like to mention. I turned around and said, would it be nice if we actually played him in his proper position? He said he's been here, this was part of the conversation, he said, but he's been here three years. I said, in three years, we haven't played him in his rightful position. That's like us playing Mata as a striker. That's like us playing Oscar as a striker. Hmm. Hazard got away with it as a false nine. He got away with it. But that's like us playing Iron Robin as a striker. Havertz is a 10. Always has been, always will be. He's not, a, he's, he's not a winger. He's not out wide. His best position is a 10. I am hoping that Mr. Moyes 2.0 might have actually do a little bit of homework. Might actually maybe even try on Football Manager maybe. And try Havertz as a 10 with Joe Felix up top. Yeah. See how that works. I guarantee you we will look more of an attacking threat with those two there. I yeah, think I... I think those two will complement each other. It showed a little bit against Fulham, but the players around it didn't really help. That, I think, is the best way to play Havertz going forward. I think, do you know play what? him as a bloody 10. Do you know what? I feel sorry for Havertz. I feel sorry for him. He's, he scored the winning goal in the Champions League final. He, he has scored important goals when we've needed him. He scored right. yesterday. Yeah. It was a that, great header. It was a superb header. Goal. That was a big goal. He said himself in the interview afterwards, he said, I'm never going to be your 20 goals a year centre-forward. He said, I'm never going to be that. Because he's not a centre-forward. No. And he was saying that last night. And he looked pained in what he was trying to say. Mm. He didn't look happy at all. He was trying to get over it. Obviously, he feels the stick he's getting. And I think he's been sold short. I think he is an incredibly gifted footballer. He's a talented footballer. Hugely talented footballer. And in fact, Steve, while we're actually talking, you know how we like to do breaking news while we're actually recording? It's It's kind of funny. There are reports that in the summer, Bayern are looking at him. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. One iota. The guys are talented. They football. see him. I've got this on a, a contact of mine who, uh, who's, a, who's who's German. Sorry, he, he's got some good. He's got some good uh, links as well. He's actually said that there are a brief discussion going amongst the Bayern hierarchy about the priority for the, the signings for the next season. And Havertz is on that list. It's a three-man list, excuse me. And Havertz is on that list. Now, for me, that tells you everything you need to know. (laughs) And I guarantee you, he will not be played as a bloody striker. 
No, he won't. He'll be playing at a 10 and create things. But the problem is, Keith, we could never play for his strengths because we never had the proper number nine. Lukaku was... Hold it. I've, I've spoken about... This ain't the Lukaku show, but go on. I've spoken, I've spoken to you about professionalism and about how professional people are. And to me, he was the most unprofessional person. But by the same token, we never paid to play to Lukaku's strength. Oh, uh, I've been playing devil's advocate throughout this whole recording. We, have, we didn't treat him well. I don't think Tuchel treated him well. I, I think didn't... there was massive issues between him and the manager. Lukaku obviously spat his dummy out, done yep. the interview. He was probably praying that Inter could re-sign him, and they have done, on a, on a loan deal. I think he's more than happy to stay at Inter Milan for the rest of his career. But the way that guy was treated, I saw him play countless times last season. Steve, you know the amount of games I went to last season, both home and away. Yep. We never played to that boy's strengths once. We never Actually, no, we, did, we played through. once, and that was his debut against Arsenal. Other than yeah. that, never played to his strengths. No. And that because has been the problem. Tuchel... that's been the problem with Chelsea. No. And I just, I, just, I just find the whole thing, you know, I think we've got a really big game at Liverpool. I think it'd be really nice to cement another victory. You know, but how bizarre... When we're looking at the league at the moment and you're looking at we're 10th, Liverpool are what, 7th? I was just about to get it up, Steve. I knew West you were going to mention it. Hang oh. on, bear with me, bear with me. They're 9th. You know, we're 10th, they're 9th. We're level on points with them. And, and you're looking at it and you're thinking, what is going on? What is going on? Football this year, you know, this could be very close to the Leicester thing when Leicester won the league. If Arsenal win the league, my God, that is one hell of an achievement. Hmm. Because that man has meticulously built his team, built a foundation, a style of play that suits them all, and I'll tell you what, that is an inc- would be an incredible achievement. But I still think, I still think and there's something inside me that thinks the Man City will win the league. Oh, interesting. interesting. I think there's going to be a wobble. And I think they had a little wobble, didn't they, with Tottenham when they were for the Champions League? last year so it's in them and I think they've got to play City twice yeah that's right and if Man City win those two games and Arsenal have got Man United as well coming up yeah got Man United so now it'd be good but But, um, quickly going back on to Chelsea Steve in terms of players perhaps you'd like to see leave there is a lot of talk now about Todd giving Moyes 2.0 the summer, giving him time to get rid of the Deadwood, to get rid of the carcasses out of the club. My feeling on that, 
and I don't know about you, Steve, but it's all very well saying, okay, we're going to buy all these players and you're going to get rid of all these players, but then who's going to come up with the money to get rid of the players that you don't want? So if, for example, and from again, from what I've heard, and we'll see what happens in the summer, Mendy and Kepa, who can afford their wages? Who's going to think we'll pay 60 for Kepa or, or we could pay 40 to 50 for Mendy? Who's going to do it? So it's well, very I, well I, saying you, we can have buy as many young players under 23 for, as we want. You've, it's all very well saying you need to get rid of these players. Who's going to buy them? Well, I think there will be people for Mendy. I think, you know, the, the, I think there will be people for Mendy. I think there will be people for Pulisic. I think there will be people for... But will it be loans, though? Uh, will it be a case of the same with Lukaku, whereby it could be a loan or even a uh, two-year loan you know while their contract I, winds I, down? I think with Zelic, you've got a commodity that someone will buy. And what you don't do is accept loans. You say no. You either do the deal or you don't. Well, we keep it. This whole transfer market is a game of poker. And we've got to now look at it and say, right, Pulisic, Lukaku, let's get a final deal with him. If he's not going to come back, let's get the final deal with him. Let, 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 let's, get, let's not keep players in limbo. Let's get deals done. And I think we've got, to, and also the other thing is to use them in swap, in swap deals. You know, if there's a, like Bayern Munich want Havertz, you know, who do we want? Is there anyone in Bayern that we like? Let's get some of them. Let's get one of their players. Let, let's start being a proper football club. And instead of just saying, oh, he's available. Oh, Man City want him. Oh, we get him. Man City want him. He must be good. Oh, Arsenal, oh, they want him. Oh, he must be good, we'll get him. You know, that to me is the scattergun approach. As I've said to you over and over again, Man, Man City, and I would have said before this season, Liverpool have a jigsaw puzzle and they will put bits in that fit into that jigsaw puzzle. We haven't. We've got a scattergun approach. Oh, he's good. everyone tells me he's a good player. Yeah, we're buying. Oh, yeah, we pay £20, you know, £20 million more. And we end up with a player that you're looking at, how many players that we've signed in that £400 million that you could look at and say, what a great signing that was. How many players in £400 million could you turn around and say, you know, Chairman, what a great signing he was. Bear with me while you say that. I'm going to pause the recording, but bear with me because I'm going to get. I think you'll find many. I, I'm going to get the list up. Hang on, because you now you've got now you've got me thinking. Hang on a minute. Okay, here we go. So you've got Mudrick. We don't know yet, but he's played less than fifty games, and we've brought him in for eighty-eight million pounds. Wesley Fafana for seventy-five million pounds. He's only played a couple of games, but then he's he's had the bad injury. I know you're not his biggest fan. I'm not. Mr. Cucurella from Brighton for sixty to sixty-three million pounds. Wow! And he's and he's struggling to get into the 
the side with an 18-year-old ahead of him and oh. Moyes 2.0 puts a centre-back in the left-back spot to replace Hall. Uh, Raheem Sterling, £47.5 million. Benoit Batishil, who had his debut yesterday, I thought it weren't too bad. He looked a little bit ropey to begin with, but I thought he looked okay as the game wore on. For £35 to £38 million. Pounds. I don't like it. Kalidou from Napoli, your favourite defender, for £33 to £34 million. Pounds. For a 32-year-old. Carney, bound to get this wrong, so I apologise. Carney Chukumaka from Aston Villa for £20 million. Pounds. Andre Santos, a uh, Brazilian lad, for 18 to £20 million. Pounds. Your, your mate Pierre Abamiang from Barcelona for over £10 million. Pounds. Gabriel Salino, who's a young goalkeeper, for £9 million. Pounds. David Fafana from Mulder, who played against Man City, and people are saying that he's crap, even though he's only played for a certain, you know, less than one game, for eight million. Jal Felix for a 10, 11 million pound loan fee. He's only had one, well, an hour of football. And Dennis Zagaria. Looking at that list, Steve. I'm right. And I'll tell you what, the only player, from my opinion, that I look at, and I've only seen him play for 60 million, uh, sorry, 60, not million, 60 minutes, Joe Felix. He's the only one of those signings that I look at and say, you know what, that boy can make our team better. See, I actually would put my hand up and say Dennis Zakaria has done really well. He's out for four weeks, but there is a player there. There yeah. is a there is a player there, and I, I like him. And if how there's old, a possibility to sign how old, him, how old is he? Mid twenties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mid twenties. Good, good, powerful midfielder. I like him. Um, he's he's from Juventus, and the fact that Juventus need the money, you know, they, they are pretty much strapped broke at the moment. Yeah, we could we could get a cut price deal, but those are the signings, Steve. Since you know the great Todd Bowley, or as uh, a friend of the show mentioned it earlier, the Todd Father, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> sorry, Dylan. Uh, right, you got Cinderella and the Todd God, the Todd Father. So yeah. I apologise, Dylan, if you're listening, but. I don't think that will be the last of it, Steve. I've heard mumblings of one or two more signings this month. If we do, my goodness, I mean, and I said this to you last night, Steve, while I was travelling back. This month has been a better month for transfers than it has been last summer. Time will tell. I've got my doubts. I think time will tell. As I said, Felix, I watched him play, and I thought, what a what a good player. What a good player. Hmm. I have not sat down and watched Chelsea play and looked at one of our signings and said, what a good player. Well, hopefully you do that against Liverpool. And but you know I'll, what? I'll be getting I, a text off you. I, do you know what? Nothing would please me more. <laughs> Nothing would please me more than for us to beat Liverpool on Saturday. 
and that's going to be a hard game because they're at a crossroads and they're quite dangerous. They're a wounded animal at the moment and they're quite dangerous. So it's going to be, but my God, five, nearly you know, 400 million quid. And I look at players, I think there's one that I think is one hell of a, and do you know what the ironic thing is? We have, we can't even sign him. No, I know. I know. But let's sort of look on the positives. They're still halfway through the season to go. There's plenty more points to be won. I will give Moyes 2.0 the benefit of the doubt. I would like to see him succeed. Of course, I want him to succeed. I don't think he's the right man for the job, but we shall see. I do want to do, I would like to actually mention, though, the fitting, touching tribute that Chelsea put out for one Gianluca Viali before the game yesterday. Really, really nice. If for those of you that are on our Facebook page, I will upload the video that I took of the tribute with both the Matthew Harden end and the Shed end having the fantastic flags. You know, brilliant job, well done. And there was players there that played with and under Viali. It was really, really nice to be there to see it. That I thought Chelsea did Viali proud. I thought yesterday. No, uh, absolute iconic. I um, I tell you a little story about Gianluca. Was we went to a, my wife and I went to an Italian restaurant, and there was Gianluca and there was Gianfranco Zola. And they were having lunch. And I think the manager told him that I was a Chelsea footballer. And we got invited to their table. And we had a lovely, lovely conversation. Two incredibly lovely men. Lovely men. And it came to paying the bill. And we had quite a few bottles of wine. And we had a lovely meal. And they refused to let us pay a penny and it was the most lovely lunch with two we use the word iconic too easily these days but those two were two of the not only greatest footballers i think chelsea have ever had but also two of the nicest men and it was an honor to have experienced that an honor it was brilliant. And that man, not only did he dress absolutely beautifully, and he looked the business, and he had the nicest voice, but you know, way he conducted himself, he was an absolute legend. Very sad, to, very sad time. Well, he he's still one of the best strikers that we've had over the last 25, 30 years, I'd say. And he will be sorely missed at Chelsea, Mr. Gianluca Vialli. Again, great tribute by Chelsea Football Club yesterday. Um, So we've got to that stage now, Steve, where we were talking about transfers. As I said, to wrap it up, I don't think that's the end of the transfers spending for us. We shall see what happens. I think we will give Liverpool a game. 
I don't think it'll be plain sailing. It'll be difficult, but I, you know, yeah, you always got to have hope. But in terms of the podcast and in terms of plans for the podcast in 2023, if you're a new listener, thank you very much for joining us on anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We've got one player interview coming up in for the month of January. If you haven't already listened to it, we've got Eddie Nedzwicky that was on the show a few months ago. His interview has been was out recently. But we've also got a former goalkeeper in Marco Ambrosio who played for Chelsea between 2003 and 2004. He's going to be on the show at the 31st of January. That in, that episode will be out on the 31st of January. If you would like to know where you could to find the, your favourite podcast, you can find them on Apple, iTunes, Spotify. If you can find us on Facebook, bluedaypodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram at the Blue Day Podcast and find us on Twitter at the Blue Day Pod on Twitter. Steve? Hopefully, we will see Chelsea pick up three points at Anfield, which we used to do under certain managers. And we will will dissect another, hopefully, stress-free week for Chelsea Football Club (laughs) next week. What do you think? I hope so, mate. (laughs) I hope so. I'm getting so much grief at the moment. It's unbelievable. So, I hope so. Well, it could be worse. We could be West Ham or, or Everton. So... You know, silver lining with all the clouds and everything. Steve, you take it easy. And you, Keith. And and everybody else, thank you very much for joining. You stay safe and carefree. Podcast Network.